Welcome to The War from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Today we're going to take a listen to another program that American service personnel overseas heard. Uh, This one was the Globe Theater. The Globe Theater brought listeners a wide variety of uh, dramatic programming. And it was hosted by Herbert Marshall who had actually begun his own show as a summer replacement over CBS in the States. And he brings an episode of that show to American service personnel in what appears to be a re-recording, reenactment of the program that originally aired over CBS. It was an episode of The Man Called X, and the title is Music, Murder, and a Blonde Madonna, and the original air date was... uh, uh, for a civilian audience, was August 28, 1944. Uh, given some internal evidence, this program appears to have been recorded August 29th of 1944. Uh, but here now is The Man Called X. Here's your pass to the Globe Theater. Theater, the radio playhouse especially for men and women of the armed forces of the United Nations. Just as the Globe Theater has meant the best in entertainment since the days of Shakespeare, today it means the best in radio drama for servicemen and women all over the globe. Here to tell you about tonight's play is your host at the Globe Theater, Herbert Marshall. Thank you, and hello, everyone. Your favorite seat is ready and waiting for you here at the Globe Theater. No extra charge for loges. And tonight's bill is one that I trust will be well worth the hearing. There is one type of character that every actor longs to play, whether he be Sir Aubrey Smith or Roddy McDowell. That is the role of the quick-witted romantic adventurer who moves through Monte Cristo-esque experiences, confronted with innumerable dangers, but usually confounding his adversaries by sharp thinking and subtle humor. Always, of course, there is a lovely girl who makes the confounding all the more worthwhile. As I say, such is the part that every actor longs to play. Now, there are decided advantages about being your host here at the Globe Theater, for that means that I'm also the casting director. And when a fat, juicy part of the title I've just described turns up, whom do you suppose was chosen to portray it? Well, not Sir Aubrey Smith or Roddy McDowell. I need only add that the title of this play is The Man Called X. What happens is of an exciting nature. I think you'll agree. So uh, let's up the curtain and let the play begin. Tonight, he finds himself involved with murder, music and a blonde Madonna. But at the moment, he and Nancy, his best girl, are sitting in a booth in a smart cocktail lounge in midtown Manhattan. 
Ken, darling. Uh, yes, dear. You'll get a kink in your neck staring at that blonde. Why don't you just go over and sit with her at the bar? Mm-hmm. I won't mind. Nancy, I look at other women only to remind myself that not one of them can compare with you, my sweet. Oh, that's better, Angel. Pietro. Yes, sir. Uh, two martinis with onions. Yes. Oh, I don't know why I ever fell in love with you, Ken. You know, I, I should have gone for a really attractive gent. Like that one over there. Where? At the bar, sitting next to that blonde gal you've been ogling. You see him? Yes. Why, great Scott. Hmm? Bill. Bill Nesbitt. Huh? Somebody call me? Bill, over here. Oh, for the love of... Oh, Ken Thurston, I haven't seen you since last college reunion. Nancy, this is Bill Nesbitt, my old roommate and the best all-American tackle ever. Bill, this is my fiancée, Nancy Bessington. She thinks she's a reporter. I'm glad to meet you, Nancy. Oh, thanks, Bill. I've been following your career, Ken. Congratulations. You always were interested in solving unsolvable puzzles. Well, how about you? I understand you're... You're the finest synthetic chemist in the country. Mm, I've done a little in synthetics. <laughs> Your uh, drinks are fine. Join us, Bill. What? And take him away from his beautiful blonde? What blonde? That girl sitting next to you at the bar. Oh, she's not with me. I don't even know her. Oh, and fine. Sit with us, huh? Well, I've still got half a drink at the bar. I'll get it. Hey, seems like a nice guy. He is. Hey, this is swell seeing you again, Ken. Go on, sit down. What are you doing? Well, I'm uh, on my way to Italy. Italy? Sounds mighty mysterious. Secret stuff. Uh, say, have uh, either of you the time? Um, 4.10. Oh, gee, I've got to make a phone call to the office. When do you leave? Well, I've got to catch a bus at the airline terminal in 15 minutes. Don't have too much time. No, I'll uh, be right back. I wonder why Bill is going to Italy. Part of the place for a civilian to go these days? Oh, stop acting like a bird dog in October. Darling, you know I promised you I'd settle down. And I'm going to see to it that you keep that promise, baby. Bartender. Bartender. Yes, sir. Oh, looks like your blonde friend is shoving off. How much do I owe you? Quick, please tell me. Oh, that'll be uh, 75 cents, please. Here you are. I think she dresses in a horrible taste. Oh, Nancy, aren't you being a little hard on her? Hey, lady, come back. Lady, you left change out of a $5 bill. Now, I wonder why she was in such a rush. Oh, probably just remembered her date with a boyfriend. Maybe so. Pardon me, darling, will you? Uh-huh. Pietro, where's the phone booth? All right, there, sir. Oh, thank you. Hey, Bill. Are you all right? Hey, Bill. Good Lord. Ken, Ken, what's happening? It's Bill. He's dead. Oh, no. How? Pietro. Yes, sir? Don't wash that glass he was drinking from. Oh, why not, Ken? I have a hunch the police chemist will find it was full of poison. Oh. to get back in my own apartment. You know, I'm not as used to looking at corpses as you, are I? I feel a little sick. Yeah, I know. I don't feel particularly chipper myself. Oh, poor Bill. He would have won the Nobel Prize for chemistry one of these days. Ken, who could have done such a thing? I don't know. What? What's that you're looking at? Something I found in Bill's pocket. Oh, but Ken, the police should have that. They will after I've read it. Huh. Well, what does it say? There's just a name and address on it. Look. Luigi Antonelli, Umbrati, Italy. Umbrati? Never even heard of it. Must be just a tiny village. Hmm. Wonder who Antonelli is. You can bet whoever Antonelli is, he's mixed up in this affair somehow. Hmm, I wonder in what way. So do I. And I intend to find out. Oh, no, Ken, no, not Italy. Why poke your nose into this? Because I don't like old friends of mine being poisoned. I'm funny that way. Uh-huh. 
This is the town of Umbrate. See, Senora Justin? Not much of it left, eh? The Nazis. They make ruin everything before the Americans have come. Well, they didn't ruin your spaghetti. It's a masterpiece. Gracias, Senora Justin. Yeah, before we start. You've made a great mistake, gentlemen. Come on, across. make you look like Mussolini's ghost. What's all the trouble over there? Those G.I.s look as though they're going to lose their tempers. The American soldiers. <laughs> they don't like the souvenirs, what they buy from Castro the peddler. See him over there. Castro the peddler, eh? <laughs> That's good. You know him? That, my friend, is an understatement. I must meet Castro the peddler. This is the last time we ask polite. Come on, boys. One, two, Here, here, five. boys, what's the trouble? Mr. Belson! Hey, Gonzell Smith, what mess are you in now? Oh, you are a savior. As I what's he done, boys? Uh, this scripture tells us he's a genuine Italian curiosity. Look what mine says on the bottom. Hmm. Made in Newark, USA. Hey, Gonzell, give the gentleman back their money. Oh, but, Mr. If Belson. you don't, they'll tear you limb from limb and I'll sit and applaud. Mr. Belson, you are a sadist. Here you are, fellows. Twenty dollars. That's better. I'm shocked, Agar. You are a common peddler. There's more to this than meets the eye, though, isn't there? No, no, I'm just a poor peddler that peddles. Yes, yes. I can make you a better financial proposition. Mr. Thurston, those words are like the soft wings of a bird. How much? Fifty. One hundred. Fifty. All right. What do I steal? Not yet. Do you know a man called Antonelli? Well, you are lucky. I am more than familiar with that name. Who is he? Luigi Antonelli was professor of music at the University of Florence. What the devil would Bill want with the professor? Did you say was? Yes. Alas, Signor Professore Antonelli died yesterday. Today is his funeral. <laughs> Stand back, Agar. Here, behind this tombstone. I dislike graveyards intensely. But this funeral fascinates me. Why are there only those two mourners? Alas, Signor Antonelli had but few friends. Who are those two women? His sister and her daughter. They've just arrived from home recently. Oh, so they just came down from Rome, did they? Yeah. Well... A few days ago, I saw that girl sitting at a bar in New York. Impossible. She just came Agar, out. Agar, agrees me to tell you this, but you are lying. Mr. Thurston, if you did not pay me so well, I would be hurt to the quick. How well do you really know these two women? Tell me the truth. I have never spoken to them. For $50 more, would you tell me the real truth? Aha, uh-huh, in that case. I thought so. But cash? In a cemetery. Well, the dead will not object to a small financial transaction. Cash, please. Oh, all right. Here you are. Good. Now, the truth is this. I pretend to be a peddler. Those charming ladies pay me to stay in this town so I can notify them should anyone try to get near their house. Why are they so eager to keep people away from that house? Who knows? Perhaps, I merely say, perhaps, Signor Antonelli is not in that coffin at all. <laughs>
quiet, Mr. X. The women will be back soon from the funeral. Hmm. This mansion is quite a dump, huh? The Palazzo Antonelli. They packed to the Borges. Where would Antonelli be? I do not know. I've never seen him. Where does that staircase lead? Huh? Oh, to the bedchamber. Let's try it. The women will be back soon. Courage, Agon. This staircase was built too steep. Listen. Behind that door. Door's locked. Signor Antonelli, can you hear me? It gives me goosebumps to listen to that. Sounds out of his mind. But why is he being kept a prisoner? I will give you 50. If you were to offer me a million, I could not tell you. These women confide very little to me. Then you're slipping, Agar. Signor Antonelli, I am an American. I know you are being held a prisoner. Can you hear me? This is like a lunatic asylum. Let us get out of here. <laughs> yes, the ladies will be back soon anyway. I don't want to meet them this way. Mr. Thurston, what does this Signor Antonelli mean to you? I haven't the faintest idea yet. Maybe I'll know more after a formal call I intend to pay this afternoon. come to offer my condolences at your loss. I'm Signor Thurston from America. I studied music under your uncle at the University of Florence. Won't you come in? Mama, this is Signor Thurston. He knew Uncle Luigi and he has come to pay his respects. You come at an unhappy time, Signore. But since you are here, won't you sit down? Signora, I too feel your loss very keenly. Your brother taught me much about music. And more about life. He was a great man. You are right. I am glad to know that someone young and a foreigner still holds his memory dear. What, um, what was the cause of his death, Signora? While my daughter and I were at Rome, the Nazis occupied this village. They knew how my brother felt toward them. Don't cry, Mama. The past is over. I came here to Umbrati, hoping to talk over old times with him. I was shocked to hear... You are very kind, Signor. Not at all, no. Uh, we are being ungracious, Tina. I will get some wine for Signor Thurston. Yes, Mama. The Nazi swine in their retreat from you wonderful Americani at least forgot to loot our wine cellar. I believe you will enjoy our wine. It is the finest in these parts. You will excuse me? Certainly. Oh, strange. Why do you look at me like that? I came to find death. And I found beauty. You are making love to me, Signore. You choose a most unhappy time. When a man is swept off his feet as I am now, love does not wait on birth or death. 
I had heard how impetuous Americans were. No, 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 signore. One tender kiss of, shall we say, friendship. What would my mother think? She's still in the wine cellar. Well, then, one... Your name? Tina. 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 Oh, I could compose a tone poem to that name. Please. Mother is coming back. Mother has no sense of timing. Uh, those steps are hard on an old woman. Uh, here, Tina. Pour Signor Thurston's glass. What an exquisite goblet. Yes. Botticelli made it for our ancestors. Probably the Borgias? Signore does not know his history. The Borgias were poisoners. So they were. Here, Signore. Taste it and tell me if you ever had a finer Barolo. Yes. Drink, Signore. But, uh, neither of you joining me? No, Signore. Then I insist your daughter at least take part in an old American custom. It is called the loving cup. When a man meets a girl as exquisite as you are, Tina... He asked her to drink first from his glass. Tina is too young to drink. Oh, surely an exception can be made. My daughter accepts your flattery, signore. However... It isn't flattery. To look at your daughter is to have some of the chill taken from the memory of her dead uncle. You have not touched your wine, signore. I wouldn't think of it until your daughter first sipped from my glass. I have told you I cannot allow my daughter to... But I insist. It is difficult to know where flattery ends and rudeness begins with you. Come now, Tina. Surely you can't object to drinking your own wine? Or can you? Of course not. No. Certainly not. Well, then. Very well. Tina, no. You did not really think I was going to drink it, did you, Signore? Considering that it will probably kill you, I doubted it very much. And now the comedy is over, Signore. Oh, I see you know how to use a revolver also. Yes. And I must insist that you stand quite still, or I will shoot a hole between your very attractive eyes. Egon. Yes, Signore. Aha, uh-huh. Egon, of course, hiding behind the screen. I'm coming, Signore. Poor Mr. Thurston. You should not have come here. Egon, take care of this gentleman. As always, it is a pleasure to take care of Mr. Thurston. Show him to the cellar and tie him up securely. Just my luck. Here I am having a quiet little party with two of the loveliest ladies in Italy. And I have to go to a nasty cellar with Agar. Agon, don't you think that gun is superfluous? With you, I take no chances. Where is your shame? Taking my money and then telling those women who I am. Mr. X, believe me, it is very difficult to have both a conscience and a bank book at the same time. Oh, dear, what wouldn't you do for money? Offhand, I can't really imagine. How much did they pay you to double-cross me? One thousand lira. I thought so. A thousand lira. Not worth the paper it's printed on. It is? Of course not. You're beginning to make me very nervous. <laughs> Italy is an occupied country, but that, that money wasn't worth one good American nickel. If I thought you were telling me the truth... Have that... I ever lied to you? Yes. Yes, but always with such charm, Mr. X. <laughs> Are they asleep by now? Oh, yes. I hear Tina say that they would take Antonelli across the German lines just before dawn. You have no sentiment, Agon. Think of that poor old man locked up. For $500, I could weep buckets. 
and at the same time cut those ropes? Two hundred. Five. Either my price or I sit here and starve. Which will it be? Naturally, I cannot let you die. It's a deal. Now, it is no use unless I can get to Antonelli's room. By the merest chance, I have a key to the room for 50 more. No, 200 net. What can I do? My heart will not allow me to permit you to be eaten by those rats. Wait, I cut you free. Ah, you have a noble soul, Egon. Sometimes. It's amazing how money will make me a softest party. (laughs) There you are, free now, and here is the key. Thank you. Now, come with me upstairs to Antonelli. I'm sorry, Mr. Thurston. I must refuse. I'm really quite tired. I've had enough and made enough for one day. And so, Mr. X, we come now to the parting of the ways. I go back to town, and you go to the... Yes, that's probably right, Agar. I don't know you. Go away. I don't know you. Please try to understand what I'm saying. It's very important. I've come to take you away. Away from those women. I don't know you. I don't... Yes, yes, I know all that. How can I make you understand? I'll take you to a hospital. I'll take care of you. You'll be well again. Stop humming and listen to me. I don't know you. I do not know you. I do not. My name is Ken Thurston. Go away. You want to hurt me like the women hurt me. No. I'm a friend of Bill Nesbitt. And a friend of yours. Ah. Now, I believe you. Great Scott. But I had to make sure. Thank heaven you've come. You mean you've been? It was the only way to keep those women from finding anything out. So you pretended to be out of your mind? Yes. I fooled them completely. Now, how is my uh, friend, uh, Bill Nesbitt? He's dead. Dead? Yes, murdered. Poisoned by your niece, Tina. She is not my niece. She and the other one are agents of the Gestapo. I thought so. But why did they kill Nesbitt? He wanted me to sell to his company my brother's formula. Your brother? Yes, before the war, my brother was one of the great chemists of Europe. Oh, so that was it. What happened to your brother? He was killed by the Nazis. You say he had a formula that Bill Nesbitt wanted? Yes, for a new type of uh, synthetic. What synthetic? Well, I really don't know. I, I'm a musician. I know nothing of science. But uh, my brother handed the formula to me to keep for the day when uh, Italy would be free. Did the women get the formula from you? No, no, no. They tried to get it. Day after day. Day after day. <laughs> but I fooled them. Good work, Signor Antonelli. Have you got it with you? Yes. Where is it? In this room. So you hid it. Where? Oh, no, good heavens, Tina Antonella. This is no, no time to... That's it. That's the formula. I don't understand. What do you mean? When a musician plays the tune in the key of E, 
using B-flat as the code for the letter A. I see. A musical code. Exactly. Played and varied five times. Only I know the variations. When it's decoded, the entire formula is spelled out. And you've kept it in your mind all this time. Yes, yes, I assure you it has been nerve-wracking to hum that same tune over and over, but uh, I had to do it so I wouldn't forget. Not quite so fast there, Mr. Eck. Ah, oh, good evening, ladies. Or shall I say good morning? This is no time for your cheap American wits in your Thurston. My daughter is a very good shot. I would advise you to stand quite still. What are you going to do with me? It's all right, Antonelli. We are taking you to Berlin. Ah, they will beat me in Berlin. Uh, Don't beat me again. Shut up, you fool. So you're taking him to Germany? Yes. We have doctors there who can make that idiotic mind of his spill out its secrets. Keep still, you dithering lunatic. Let him alone, Mother. He is harmless. cannot stand that humming over and over again. If he does not stop humming, I'll gag him. Uh, don't hurt me. I'm just an old man who hates the fascism. Take your hands off of Smart me. Smart work, Antonelli. Hold up. No, you don't, you little witch. Let me go. Get the gun, Antonelli. I have it, Mr. X. Fine. Don't move, ladies. Shall I shoot them? Both of them? What is this? I don't understand. It's very simple. Signor Antonelli is not the fool you presumed him to be. He is not insane. No, Signor. It is you and your daughter and people like you who are the insane ones. But now I think I shall do with you what they do with all mad dogs. Mother, I am afraid. Do not let him kill us, Senor Thurston. It will be a pleasure to destroy you both. No, Senor Antonelli. Let's not use their tactics. There will be judges for them. Judges made up of your own people. Hold up your hands, lady. Oh. You've caught them, he says. I'm afraid your heroics have come a little late, eh, huh? Oh. Is there anything I can do? I'm afraid not. Go to sleep now. Did you find out why they wanted this old man? Naturally. Why? Signor Antonelli had a formula. Tell me, Mr. X, what was it? If the first note stood for chlorine, and the next three notes stood for oxygen, carbon, and nitrogen... Yes, yes. What would it all mean? Wouldn't you like to know? Globe Theatre production of The Man Called X. I know you'll join me in thanking Bernie Schoenfeld for his excellent script, Felix Mills for composing and conducting the score, and Bill Robeson, who presided in the control room. By the way, the role of Agar was played by Hans Conried as a farewell gesture to an active life in radio theatres and as a prelude to an even more active life in theatres of a different nature. Mr. Conried, I might add relinquished the finest head of hair in the Western Hemisphere to become Private Conrad, his army serial number escaping me for the moment. Watch out for him. If his performance as Aegon is any indication, he'll be a slippery man to deal with on the evening of payday. By the way, it was, uh, really was fun to play the role of Ken Thurston for you, and I trust you enjoyed the adventures of a man called X. As for the next performance from the Globe, you'll hear Walter Abel, Louise Alberton... Ralph Bellamy, and David Bruce in a neat little thriller called Phantom Lady. Here's a short preview. That hit him hard. I could tell by the way he looked. 
by the way he watched me all night as I sat there at the bar just staring at him, never saying another word. And when he left at closing time, I followed him. He managed to walk rather slowly at first, almost defiantly, as if he didn't care. And then he went a little faster. And faster. And faster until he was almost running. And then suddenly he stopped and turned. What do you want? Why do you keep on following me? You have something to tell me. You're wasting your time. You know what's going to happen to him. You can prevent it. Get it off your conscience. Don't ask me. Go ask the guy that give it to me. Gave you what? Nothing, nothing. It was money, wasn't it? Somebody gave you a bribe. I ain't talking, I tell you, and I ain't staying around here either. I'm going to get so far away from here. Look out! It's going to be a good show, and I know you'll want to hear it. So, jump down on the inside of your helmet liner that you have an appointment at the Globe Theater with Phantom Lady, starring Walter Abel, Louise Alberton, Ralph Bellamy, and David Bruce. I'll be on hand to show you your seat and take care of the introductions. Till next performance, then, this is Herbert Marshall wishing you all the best, and I'll be seeing you. to the Globe Theater with Herbert Marshall as host and master of ceremonies. The Globe Theater is presented for servicemen and women of the Allied Armed Forces all over the globe. Listen for our next Globe Theater production soon. Welcome back. The Man Called X would go on to have a very uh, popular uh, run over radio. Uh, It ran over uh, uh, CBS in the summer of 44, but then uh, went over to NBC uh, Blue, which later became ABC for the for the regular 1944-45 season, uh, and then had two more summer runs over NBC uh, before going to CBS for two seasons, and then back to NBC for two more full seasons. It really was one of the great uh, premier uh, spy uh, dramas of uh, of its time, and uh, pretty entertaining. Uh, this particular episode was actually later repurposed in 1950 as an episode of the Christopher uh, for London series starring Glenn Ford. And of course, the role of Pagon, played by Hans Conrad in this uh, episode, uh, the uh, actor who really uh, became associated with the role was Leon Belasco. That will do it for today. If you uh, have a comment, email me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. I welcome your story or that of loved ones who served during World War II. Ken Curlin provides our opening theme music, kencurlin.com. I am your host, Adam Graham. This uh, series is provided as a service of the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio, greatdetectives.net.